This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Hope you believe what we've just confessed. I hope you believe that nobody can, and the devil can certainly not stop you. If you want to hear and you want to believe, he cannot stop you. You He can only do what you allow him to do. So just remember that. So this morning, uh, I've entitled this uh, message, The Mindset of a Champion. The Mindset of a Champion. And you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 because that's where we will start in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And as you are turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I want you to know that this message is, and I'm sure in in some way it has already been taught. You're going to hear it from another angle, from another perspective. Uh, or another angle, if you will, but the mindset of a champion. And all that we've been taught over the last few months, uh, and it's been actually more than just a few months, over the course of months on Sunday mornings, beginning with our pastor and then the other ministers that have come before me, the foundation of being ready and being prepared and finishing is in the mindset. That's where the foundation of it is. The foundation of being ready, the foundation of being prepared, the foundation of finishing starts in the mindset. You have to have the mind to be prepared. You have to have the mind to be ready. You have to have the mind to finish. If your mind is not ready, if your mind is not prepared, if your mind is not set on finishing and enduring to the end, you will not be able to do anything you have heard. Nothing that you have heard, you will be able to do. Nothing you have heard, you will be able to fulfill. Nothing you have heard, you will be, you will be able to accomplish if you, your mind is not ready. If your mind is not ready, if your mind is not prepared, if your mind is not set on finishing, you will not be able to accomplish anything. You must have the mindset to win. You have to have the mindset to win. You must have the mindset of a champion. And we're going to find out over the next uh, couple of Sundays, we're going to find out exactly what that mindset of a champion is. So the race, the race, let's, let's look at verse First uh, Corinthians chapter 9. First Corinthians chapter 9, and we're going to start reading at verse 20. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we, an incorruptible, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight 
I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it under subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Let's read verse 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would, not ha- I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples. To the intent, we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be idolaters as as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day, three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for in samples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let them that, that, that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. So I read all of that, all of that, because what we're talking about, again, is the mindset of a champion. So we see that in chapter 10, obviously, they weren't ready. They didn't have the mindset to finish. It's obvious that they did not have the mindset. They weren't prepared. They didn't have the mind to be prepared. They didn't have the mind to finish. And so they did not. It says that God was very not pleased with them, with the way that they lived. Although they may have confessed. You hear that? Although they might have confessed, it is what you do after your confession of faith. It is what you do after your confession of faith. That is really the bottom line to salvation. And what I mean by that is that there is, so the race involves two things. Keeping the saving faith. Keeping the saving faith until the end of your days. The race, number one, it involves keeping the saving faith until the end of your days. Now, this in chapter 9, when we started reading in verse, at verse 24. Understand this. So, so this, is, this is Paul. He's talking to the Corinthians. And they understand about games. So, so games were, were, were heavy. Competition. Games. And so here he's appealing to what they know. He's appealing to, to what they know. And that is the understanding of the games. And so we know that the race, and I understand that each one of us have a race to run. Each one of us has a course, and each one of us has a race to run. Some people never join the race. The race meaning 
your salvation. See, when you signed up, when you signed up to say that you are going to participate, when you signed up to say that you're going to run the race, that, is, that was you accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. You signed up for the race. But then after you sign up for the race, then there's this course. So you know on a track field, there are lanes. And so you signed up to be in the race, but then you never make it down to the track for the course. You don't make it down to the track for the course. And again, like I said, that is no good. That's no good. Because you signed up, but you didn't show up. You signed up, but you didn't show up. Now, the scripture here, it tells us, Know ye not that which you run in a race, that know ye not that they which run in a race run all. He said, he said, he's saying that when you sign up and you get on the course, everybody runs. Everybody runs. Now, think about this, because we all sign up for salvation. We have all accepted Christ at different times. Here, he says, but one receiveth the prize. Now, Remember, tied into what I said about who he's speaking to. He's talking to them because they understand the games. But I am submitting to you that it is set up in the body of Christ. It is set up in the kingdom of God that we all can win the prize. It's set up that way. That we all can win the prize. Unlike the games here in the scripture. We all can win the prize. So we all have to have that mindset. Listen, nobody signs up for a race, enters a race to lose. Who signs up for a race? Who enters a race? Who gets on the track in their lane, in their position ready? Who does that and they are planning to lose? Nobody that I know of. Why sign up? Why get on the field or get on the track if you have a mindset to lose? You can't have a mindset to lose and you're saying that you're running the race. So we're talking about here having the mindset, the mindset of a champion to win. And although, and, and so, so, so we know that, that no one gets on the track and say that they're going to run the race and they have the intent to lose. But then there's also what happens between that choice that they make to enter and their choice that they made to, to get on that track. There's something that happens between that and the finish line. There's something that happens between that and the finish line. So if you are, you know, you know about track, and there in some some track meets and some uh, fields that there are hurdles. They're hurdles, so they're called hurdlers. And so you have to, in, in in that case, when they have that, they have to be able to maneuver over those. They have to be able to maneuver those things in order to make it to the finish line. They have to they have to train. You have to train to do that. You have to train to do that. And the difference between those who all start, all of them start, all of them start, they get on the track, they start, and there's one, not, they, and they may all finish. 
They may all finish. But then there's the one who wins the prize. And so, so what, what, what I am submitting to you today is that we need to have the mindset of a champion, not just the mindset of a finisher. You got to have the mindset of a champion to finish. And we're not talking about just finishing. We're talking about finishing strong. We're not talking about just finishing. Anybody can just, just you know, you can, and, 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 and thank God, if you, if you can, can stumble over the finish line, if you hurt that bad and you've been that, just beat up that bad, and you can stumble over the finish line, that's great. That's great. Because at least you finished. But we don't want to be those who stumble across the finish line. We ought to have the mindset of a champion. We ought to have the mindset that, that we don't want to stumble, but we want to finish strong. We want to finish strong. And the only way to do that is to have our mind set, our heart fixed, and our mind set. We have to have our hearts fixed. We have to have our mind set to finish the race. So keeping the saving faith until the end of your days. And I said, I'm not just referring to faith. I'm talking about saving faith. So your faith could be just an intellectual faith. See, that's entering the race. That's entering the race. It could be an intellectual faith, the knowledge of my sin, the role of the gospel in my salvation, the function of God in my salvation, the function of God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit in the plan of redemption and all the benefits of salvation. I have that intellectual knowledge and that intellectual faith. I have that. But saving faith involves the whole man. It involves the whole man. It's not just dealing with your spirit. So we know that we are quickened, that we are, we are quickened by God. We are quickened by the Holy Ghost when we accept Christ. But it's not just dealing with your spirit. It's not just dealing with your soul. We know that there, that there is a process, right? There's a process of the saving of the soul. And that's going to happen until the end of your days. But it's not just about the saving of your soul. It's not just about the, 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 uh, the, the spirit. But it also, it is also about the body. The mind understands the truth of the word. The mind, it understands the truth of the word. The body, the mind understands the truth of the word. The heart desires the truth of the word. The heart desires the truth of the word. And the will acts upon that truth of the word. And the body carries out that understanding, that desire, and your will. And the promptings of your will, the directives of your will, they're carried out through your body. So the saving faith, it involves the whole man. The whole man. Again, we're talking about having the mindset to win. We're talking about having a championship mindset. Having a championship mindset. See, so some, some are okay with having an intellectual faith. See, we call those Christians. These, these days, we call those Christians. We don't call those believers. We call them Christians because they have an intellectual, an intellectual faith. Oh, I know that I am a sinner. Oh, I believe that Jesus is Lord. Oh, I believe that Jesus is my Savior, that he died upon the cross, that he rose the third day. I believe that. I believe that he uh, was raised from the dead, that he ascended into heaven. I believe all of that. I confess it and I believe it. But then their lives don't profess it. 
Their lives don't demonstrate it. Their lives are not an example of someone who says that they know that they were sinners and that they believe the gospel and all that in, it, in, and all that it entails. See, that's a Christian. And you know what? And, and the world is okay. The world is okay with Christians. They're okay with Christians. They're okay with you, your confession. As long as you don't live it, they're okay with it. As long as you don't live it, they're okay with it. But when you start to live what you profess, when you start to live what you profess, then that's when you have the trouble. Remember we talk, what we're talking about in Matthew on, on Wednesday evenings. When you choose to mourn because of what you see, because of the sin that's in the world, when you choose to mourn for yourself, in the sense that, that you realize that you are undone. When you see that, the meekness that comes along with it, the righteousness that comes along with it after we accepted Christ, and the persecution that comes along with doing all of those things and living life as God has intended and instructed for the believer to live, that's when you will face the problem. That's when you will see. But listen, listen to me. You, those are hurdles. Those persecutions, those are hurdles that you have to overcome. But the mindset of a champion, the mindset of the one, the mindset of someone who wants to win, they could care less. They train for it. They train for it. So that way, when, when it comes up, because it will come up, so when it comes up, not if, but when it comes up, I have the mindset. To win. I have the mindset to persevere. I have the mindset to keep going. I have a mindset to jump that hurdle. I have the mindset because I have the mindset of a champion. I have the mindset to win. So in Romans, Paul, in, in Romans, the, the, the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of God is revealed in, in all of Romans. And Paul emphasizes that faith alone, that faith alone saves. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. But he did not deny, Paul did not deny the fact that there are works of righteousness that comes along. He didn't deny, he didn't exclude works of righteousness from those who have been justified by faith. And I, let's look at this. So you don't have to take my word. Let's, let's look at this in Romans. Uh, we're not going to start from the beginning, but Romans chapter 1, all the way, chapter 1 through verse 5, and it's talking about justification. It's being talked about being uh, justified by faith. It's talking about the righteousness. It's talking about faith. It's talking about grace. All we know that is from God. But then look at here at chapter 6. So, so we said, I said that, that, that Paul is not denying. I said that he did not deny that works of righteousness come along with faith. So here in chapter 6, he says, he starts it off right there. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. That continuing in sin. That means that you are doing sin. That means that you have been in sin. That's an action word. Continuing. That's an action. The, that's works. 
it's works. Dead works. Sin is dead works, but yet it's works. Listen, when you were a sinner, you did just that. You sinned. You did. You did. You were a doer of sin. You were a doer of unrighteousness. You were a doer of unholiness. You did. We did. But then, let's see what he says. He says, God forbid. Then look at verse 13. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. That's action. Those are works. Yielding yourself unto God, that's going to require some action. It's going to require some works. As those that are alive from the dead. Look at verse 15. What then shall we sin? Action. Because we are not under the law, but under grace, God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants, yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey. When you obey, that's action. That's works. Those are deeds. Look at verse 18. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants... Of righteousness. That's works. When you serve, you're serving. That's works. So that's action. Look at verse 19. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants, to unclean, uncleanliness and to, and to iniquity and uh, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants, to righteousness unto holiness. That's works. That's works of righteousness. So although he is explaining, and again, he's explaining this because out of, out of what uh, um, they had just come from. So they, uh, remember that they, these were, a lot of them were Jews, a lot of them were, were new, were converts, and they were, were understanding the law. They were under the law, had been under the law. But now he's trying to show them that, first of all, you can't keep the law, but even if you try, works of righteousness in that regard. You're trying to keep the law. You're trying to work the law. I'll put it that way. You're trying to work the law. That is not going to keep you. What you need is righteousness that is only found in Christ Jesus. That is only found through faith. But, however, just as I said, then here in in chapter 6, he starts to go on to say, now, although you have been and you have been justified by faith, he's saying that now there are some works of righteousness that we must do. Just like you worked sin, now we need to work righteousness. And then he goes on in chapters 13 through 16. I love it. We're not going to go through all of that. But in chapters 13 and 16, it talks about the righteousness that works through the believer. It talks about righteousness that works through the believer. So, again, when Paul is not denying that it, it comes, uh, that, that, that righteousness and that faith includes works of righteousness. And then James just brings it home. Turn it to James. James brings it home for us. In James chapter 1. And let's look at that. Remember, we're talking about the mindset of a champion. The mindset of a champion. James chapter 1. Let's start reading at verse 22. And the scripture says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, He is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth away. So he sees that intellectual 
faith. He sees that he's undone. He sees that he needs God. He sees that he needs the word. He sees that. So he sees that uh, beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth him, for he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. So he saw that in the mirror, but then he goes away. No, no doubt, he goes away and does the same thing. He goes away and does the same thing that he had been doing. He says the same things that he had been saying. He forgot what manner of man that he was. He forgot that when he looked in that mirror and he saw the standard of Christ, that he, that he, was, he was faced with the standard of Christ, he forgot just that quick, just that quick, that yes, I am undone and I need the Savior. I need the Savior. Then he walks away, forgetting, and now he's back to doing what he's been doing before. He's back to saying the same things that he said before. Verse 25, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, those who have been set free are truly free indeed, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. If any man among you seems to be religious <clears throat> and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless. And the widow. So now we're getting into action. Now we're getting into action. So to be a doer, to be a doer of the word, to be blessed in his deeds. If any man shall uh, seem, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue. So that's see, that's a good word. Bridling your tongue is a good word. So here he's just showing. He's showing that you can't be a believer of the word. You also have to be a doer. You have to be a doer of the word. Turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I? Oh, yeah, I said Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Let's start reading at verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. So here, we see that in Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 he's saying here that the, to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling so again it's not enough to just sign up 
for the race. It's not just enough to get on the track, but you have to run. You have to work it out. You have to run those hurdles. You have to jump those hurdles. The, to, uh, the first, so the first part of that scripture, it speaks about obeying the scripture. 2 and 12. It speaks about obeying. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. So the first part speaks about obeying and the scripture. So, and, and obeying is about works. When you obey, you're doing a work. And he's speaking about uh, obeying before it speaks about confessing. It speaks about confess. So, so in verse 11 it says, And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Verse 12, Wherefore, my beloved. So you confess, but now we go into verse 12. Now we have to obey. We confess, and then we obey, and then we what? Then we work it out. We got to have some righteousness, some works of righteousness to go with that. We have to work it out. You work out your own salvation. So it's not enough. In verse 11, to confess. But then in verse 12, we're talking about obeying the word. We have to obey the word. We work out our salvation through our works. We work it out through our works. Let's look at verse 13. It says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So here he's saying for he, he's saying that it is God who supplies. So so God doesn't just leave it up to you to accomplish the work. He doesn't leave it up to you to accomplish the work, but he supplies his spirit working in you to enable you to accomplish the work. See, he says to work out your own salvation in verse 12, but then he gives us help. The mind of a champion. He gives us help. You don't have to do all of it. You don't have to do things within your own power. Because you cannot. But he's going to give you what you need to work it out. He's going to give you what you need to work it out. That's having the mindset of a champion. You have to realize what you have been afforded. You have to put it into place. You have to, that, look, that's a part of your training. You have to, to pick up those things. You have to pick up your word. It's your prayer time. It's the, the word. It's, it's you exercising the word. That all of that, all of that, it is you denying yourself. It's you denying yourself. It's you, it's you not, not thinking about self-preservation. All of that. It's about you doing the will of God. It's about me having the mindset to win Christ. Having the mindset, keeping the saving faith until the end of your days. I have to have the mindset that in order to win Christ, in the end, in order to win Christ, in the end, I have to do all of these. I have to train. I have to apply. I have to, to do. I have to do the works of righteousness. I need to do all of that. I need to do all of that. All of it. See, when, again, when you sign up for the race, you sign up for the race, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You sign up. I've signed up. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But then you start the run. You start the race. You start your course. And inevitably, 
There are things on that course. There are things in that lane. See, unlike, unlike the natural track, see, unlike the natural track, I'm going to say, you know, they clean, they make sure everything is, unless you're hurdling. Now, they, they, those things are put there for a reason. Because you have to hurdle. So let's just stick to hurdling. So in your lane, you have the hurdles that you have to go over. So you've signed up. Your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. You signed up for the race. You get on the track. You even start. You start. You start the course. The course that is given you. Remember that thing that must be done. So your course, again, that your course and your run, it involves, number one, you being faithful to the end, keeping the faith for you. But then it also involves others, which we will get into into a minute. But in that race, you have these hurdles that you must overcome. You must be able to hurdle. You must be able to jump those things. You must be able to maneuver over those things. So he says, that's talking about working it out. We work it out. And we keep going. We keep going until the end. We jump every hurdle. We jump every hurdle. And we work it out. And we, because Why? Because we're running for the prize. We're running to win the race. Let's look at verse 16. And God supplies what we need. He supplies us what we need. Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. He says, because why? I'm keeping my eyes on the prize. I'm keeping my eyes on the prize. While good works are open to observation by others, Faith is not. Good works is open to observation by others, but faith is not. Therefore, good works make faith visible. Good works makes faith visible. Good works are never the root cause of salvation, but they are always the fruit of salvation. They're not the root cause, but they're always the result of, the fruit of salvation. In Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about the people of faith. It talks about that. And, and, and you had those who confessed and they believed, they believed, they believed, that they, they didn't have the, the, the confession of Christ because uh, Christ had not, at one point when they were believing, Christ had not died. But they believed, whatever, they, whatever God spoke to them, they believed it. And they worked. They did works. They worked. They, they, they lived their lives according to their beliefs. They live their life according to what they believe. They had action. So we've seen in Hebrews, the men and the women in those scriptures were people of action, which we've already heard. We've heard about that. God spoke and they obeyed. God spoke and they obeyed. Titus 1, chapter 16. Let's look at Titus. Titus 1, chapter 16. I like this this scripture because it describes many church members today. Titus 1, chapter 16. It says, They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. This describes 
a lot of church members today. They profess that they know God, but in works, they deny him. So the mindset of a champion, remember this race that you run, this race that you won, that, that you run, number one, again, like I said, it, it, it involves... It involves keeping the saving faith until the end of your days. And number two, it involves finishing the course, the assignment. Remember what's been taught, the assignment, the thing that must be done that is given to you by the Lord. See, the course, in, in, uh, the course is the ministry of God that I am called to work. Your course is the ministry of God that you are called to work, given to you by God. It is tied to the mission of your local church, which ultimately benefits and supports the overall plan and purpose of God, which is what? The redemption of man. So, on this course, and, and, and you're going to hear me go back and refer to this because this is, this is our, our object lesson, if you will. You're going to hear me go back and refer to the race being on the track. So we see that the course. So, so basically what I, what I was saying, number one, is that we have the saving faith. So we need to finish. We need to run that race to the saving faith, all the hurdles that we're going to get through for us so that we can make it to the finish line, so that we can have eternal life. But then also in that race, it involves finishing your course. Finishing your course. Now, uh, you being saved is part of the course. But then after that, then it's about others. After that, it's about others. And, and, and again, we want to tie this in and we want to bring this back. We're coming together again August 1st. We're coming together again August 1st. And no doubt we're going to have people who will be joining us either August 1st and thereafter. We're going to have people who will be joining us. And a part of it, and not just for this local body, but just you as a believer, people that you come in contact with, but particularly for those who are here. Remember, we're also in the restoration process. We're still in restoration process. We're in reconciliation mode, reconciling those who are even among us who need to be restored, but then others who come in who need to be restored, others who come in who need to be reconciled to Christ. And remember that the course that you are running, it also involves those people. It involves the work that God is trying to do in you to help facilitate, to help in that regard. We all have a work to do. We all have a work to do. No matter in your mind how great or how small, we all have a work to do. And as far as God is concerned, there is no work that is great. There is no work that is small because it is all going towards his purpose and his plan, to fulfill his purpose and his plan. So we have to have the mindset to win. We have to have the mindset to be champions. We have to have the mindset to be a champion on the course that God has set for us. Listen, you are not, unlike the games here that they're talking about in this scripture, you are not competing against others. This is not a competition. It's not a competition. You're not competing against anybody else. You're competing against yourself. You are competing against your own mindset. Whether you change it or not, that's, that's the competition. Whether you change your mind and stick to what you, to that mind change and stick to what God has changed you to be, what God has called you to be, that is, listen, that is a competition within yourself. 
That's the bottom line. That's why we can all be winners. Because it's not about a competing against anybody else. It's only a competition with yourself. Your mindset. Remember, our pastor said it's not about the challenge. The challenge is staying focused. It's not about the hurdle. It's not about the hurdles that you will encounter. It's about you staying focused to get over that hurdle. Staying focused. Why? Because my focus is the finish line. My focus is the championship. That's where my focus is. So then the hurdle becomes a small thing. The hurdle becomes a small thing. I'm not letting that distract me. I'm not letting that take my focus because my aim, my goal, my focus is the finish line. That's where my, that's where my focus is. It's the finish line. It's not the hurdle. It is not the hurdle. And so, and a lot of times as believers, as believers, as Christians, as believers, we, uh, we allow the hurdle to become the focus. Oh, that's too big. Oh, that's too great. Oh, that's old. Listen, I remember in running track, I remember... And doing those things in, 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 in PE and all of that. And what the coaches would say, what the instructors, what the teachers would say is keep your eye and your head up. You keep your eye and your head up. Even when you're doing hurdles. You're not looking down at the hurdle. You're keeping your head up because that's your focus. My focus is the end. Listen, you cannot successfully run and jump over a hurdle and clear it. Clear it. You know what clearing it is? That means you're not touching it. Your feet, your tiptoe, no, nothing. Not touching it. I mean, you clear it. Not touching it. Not knocking it over. Not rocking it. You clear it. But the only way to be able to clear that hurdle is if you keep your head up. And you keep your eyes focused. Not on the hurdle, but you keep what, what lies ahead. That's what you keep in mind. You keep that finish line in mind. You keep that finish line in your eyesight. That's what you keep. That's your focus. And you can clear a hurdle every time. You can clear a hurdle every time. If you would just stay focused on the prize. Stay focused on finishing. Stay focused on the win. The mindset of a champion. So your race, your course, and we all have different courses. As I said, we all start our courses at different times. And it's not even about that. And even on our course, we are going to have some different hurdles. Some are going to be the same. Some, some are going to be in different positions, in different places, in different spaces. But we're all going to have our own. But it's your, it's your course. And your course is, like, is not like anybody else's. That's not even your focus. Remember, because I said you're, you're, only, you're only competing against yourself. So your whole focus is what you, is your, it's what your, your course is. That should be your only focus. It's your course. That's my only goal. is to finish on my course. And both, keeping the saving faith 
and finishing your assignment require having the mindset of a champion. So what is the mindset? What is the mindset of a champion? Going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's go back there. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. What is the mindset of a champion? I'm so glad that you asked. What is the mindset of a champion? Number one, I'm running the race to win. I'm running the race to win. That is to fulfill God's purpose and his plan. I'm running to fulfill God's purpose and plan. I'm purpose-focused and I'm results-driven. I'm purpose-focused and I am results-driven. My drive, my focus, and the result that I'm looking to obtain is that I win. That's the focus. That's the purpose. That's my focus. I'm results-driven. There is an aim and a clearly defined goal. God gives that to you. An aim. That's your, uh, your, your clearly defined goal. Listen, nobody can tell you. No pastor, no minister can tell you what your course is. Nobody can tell you what your course is. It's not our job to tell you what your course is. Our job is to give you the tools for the training so that you can complete the course that you have been given. That's the job of the preacher. That's the job of the teacher. We are to give you the tools that you need, the coaching that you need, if you will, before you get on that track. And and, 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 listen, and even even as you're on the track, we always hear coaches yelling out. Always. Even in the midst. So they've given you all this training. They've given you all this training in the beginning. They've, they've coached you. They've, they've given you instruction. They've given you diets. They've given you, they've given you, all, they've given you uh, uh, exercise routines. They've given you all of that. They've given you weight training tips and, 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 and what to do and all of the reps you're supposed to do. They've given you all of that. But even on the side, from the sideline, when you are running that race, they are still there coaching. They're still telling you, keep your head up. They're still telling you. Long strides. They're still telling you all of that. That's the job of the preacher. That's the job of the instructor. That's the job of the coach is to be able to coach you through. So listen, again, we can't tell you what that course is, but while you're on that course, you have the tools that you need. The tools that you need to finish and to win. To finish and to win. So, I'm running this race, the mindset. I'm running the race to win. That's number one. Under your number one, letter A. Looking forward to the crown. I'm running the race to win, A, because I'm looking forward to the crown. The victor's crown. That incorruptible, the imperishable crown is what we're talking about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says that prize, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run, that ye may obtain. To may obtain what? That you may obtain the prize. I'm running to win. Run, that you may obtain. And so, again, we talked about that uh, just a few minutes ago. I'm running to obtain. I'm not running 
to just be running. I'm not running just for the exercise. I'm running to obtain the prize. And there's a certain mindset. See, I, I said, there's a difference. There's a difference between that winner and between those who come in the second, third, fourth place. There's a difference. They're running to win. You got to run to win. And we're going we're gonna to hear about all the things that, that's going to be required to run to win as we go through this teaching. But we have to run. That's all I want you to write right now is to keep in mind that I'm running to win. I'm running to win because I'm looking forward to that victor's crown. That crown that is incorruptible. It says here that they run, they run the race, and they strive at 25. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. Corruptible. That means it's, it's going to corrupt. It, it's going to rust. It's going to get, it's get dirty. All of that. It's not going to last. They do it to obtain an incorru- a corruptible crown. But we do it to obtain an incorruptible crown. An incorruptible crown. And we're not going to debate, you know, we know, we're not going to debate whether there are real crowns in heaven or not. Is God giving out real crowns or is this figurative? We're, figurative. We're not, we're not going to even debate that. The crown, whether, rather literal or figurative, is a symbol of honor in general. It's the badge of victory. It's the badge of victory. That means I've won. That means I have obtained the prize. We're running the race. To win, whether figuratively or not, or literally. We are just running to win. We're running to win. Looking forward to that crown. B, to gain, to acquire fellowship in all that it entails. Running the ways to win. I am running to gain, to acquire the fellowship that I need with Christ and all that it entails. That's why I'm running. That's my aim. That's my focus is that I acquire Christ. Look at Matthew chapter 16 and keep your ribbon in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. But let's look at Matthew chapter 16. I love this. Running the race to win. Matthew chapter 16. And look at verse 24. 16 and 24. And the scripture reads Then said Jesus, this is Jesus talking. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So here Jesus is speaking and he's saying that in order to benefit in the end, in order to, uh, to benefit with eternal life, man must deny himself. He must deny 
himself. He must suffer things that he must suffer. And he must follow him. Deny self. Suffer the things that we must suffer. And follow Christ. This is Jesus speaking. But this is written here. Jesus is speaking. Remember what we heard on on Wednesday night? When Jesus speaks. When the king speaks. You better listen. The king who holds all the crowns. He's the king who, has won, who, who holds all of the crowns. There's five, by the way, there's five that's listed in the Bible. He holds all five. We're talking about, right now we're talking about a crown of victory. An incorruptible crown. But he holds all the crowns. And if the king says it, we need to listen. Then let's see what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. Let's see what Paul says. So we see here what Jesus said. Now let's see what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. In verse... Let's start with verse 6. No, we can't start with verse 6. Let's start with verse 7. But what things were gained to me? This is Paul talking. So Paul here, he's, let me give you just a little bit of background. Here, Paul here, he's talking about uh, how he persecuted the church, what he did before his conversion as, as, a, as a trainee, as he was training under the Sadducees, as he was training under the Pharisees. He, he's telling us here how zealous he was in doing that, in running his race, how zealous he was in that race that he was running what he was doing in verse 7 but what things were gained to me those I counted loss for Christ yea doubtless and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of God Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ so again, I hope, I mean, I, I race, I run. We are, we are running so that we may win Christ. And I have to count all things but lost. I have to count all things lost for Christ. I have to count all things for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. I have to count all things lost. He's saying everything that I learned. Everything that I thought I knew, I count that as lost. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, that I what? So that I might win him. I need to, my, I'm running this race to gain and to acquire a fellowship with God. I'm, I am running to win Christ. That's my pride. Again, whether that crown is real or not. I am running that I might win Christ. That is the prize. He is the prize. I am running to win him. I count all things lost to win Christ. His power and his influence laying hold of my mind and my will to be prompted and governed by him. That is what I am striving for. That is the race that I am winning. That in this life, I am running to win him. That he will, I will he, that I will give him the power 
the ability and the power. He has the ability. I'm going to give him the power to. I'm going to give him the power to affect my life. I'm going to give him the power. I'm going to give him that, 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 that uh, 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 lay that in his hands that he might be able to affect my life. That's the having the mindset of a champion to win. That's having the mindset of a champion to win the race, to get the prize, that I am running to win him. That is the mindset. I'm running to obtain Christ. No matter what. Listen. Listen. When you have signed up for the race, first of all, there's, first of all, again, I said don't even sign up if you're not planning to run. No, no need. Don't even sign up if you're not planning to run. But secondly, secondly, don't sign up, don't plan to run if you're not ready to win. And in order to win, we have to allow God. We're talking about running this race and this course and the things that we're going, the hurdles that we go through. You have to have Christ. You have to rely. You have to depend on Christ to be able to do any of that. You have to rely on him to be able to do any of that. You have to count all things lost. That means we cannot compromise. We can't compromise the truth of the word of God. We can't compromise. Remember I said that hurdle, some of those hurdles are going to be persecution. You cannot compromise so that you can self-preserve and not receive persecution. To get around, to try to bypass persecution. We cannot compromise. That's not having the mindset to win. That's not having the mindset for the prize. To win Christ. To win our brothers and our sisters. You have to have that mindset. Listen, nobody's listening to you if you're compromising. I said the world, the world loves a Christian. The world loves a Christian as long as they're confessing. But you preach it and you live it, then that's a different story. So, so again, you're not running the way to If you're trying to get out of that persecution so you don't live it, you don't speak it, you don't live it out loud because you are concerned about the persecution, you're not running the race to win. <laughs> you're running the race to finish, perhaps. But you're not running the race to win. So you're, you're okay. You, you, you're one of those who okay with stumbling. I'm not, I'm not here to win. Who does that? I'm not here to win. And as long as I can just stumble through that finish line. As long as I can stumble through that finish line. I'm done. See, that's, that, that is the mindset of a Christian only, not a believer. That's the mindset of someone who is okay with just getting in. That's the mindset of someone who definitely don't want a crown. It's the mindset of someone who is okay with being so-so. They're okay with being okay. That's not the mindset of a champion. It's not the mindset of someone who wants to win. 
and compromising and allowing ourselves to be caught up with, 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 uh, uh, with people and what people say about us and, and how, they may pers- how they may talk about us, how they may shun us, how they may uh, uh, um, uh, befriend us or, 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 or un- unfriend us. You cannot exchange, you cannot exchange uh, likes, right? You cannot exchange popularity and likes for being righteous and being holy. You cannot exchange. And see, and, and we, we, again, we, we and, I'm, and I'm talking to the, the, the younger crowd now because now we get into all the social media. And we we want to be, we want to be uh, popular. We want to have likes. And so even if we say things that are, Christian to say, and I put that in, in air quotes, but you know, things that, that, that those uh, intellectual things that we know, even if we say those things, but we're not living those things. See, and people, and people will say, you, you don't get that many likes. Listen, if, if, you, if you say those things and, and people know how you live and you're living for Christ and you're living holy and you're living righteous, you don't get that many likes. You don't get that many likes. First of all, I'm not going to even give you the satisfaction of knowing that I read your post when you're living righteous and holy. I just, you know, I, we're not friends. I don't even want you to know that I liked your stuff. I'm perusing it cause I just because I want to be nosy. I, I, I want to see what you said, but I don't really want you to know that I know why? Because I told you before. I, I, we're not friends no more. Why? Because you're trying to put that, you're trying to put that, that Jesus on me. You're always trying to teach you. You're always trying to minister the word. You're always, you're always doing that. I don't even want you to know that I'm looking at your posts. So no, you're not going to have very many likes. You won't. Be okay with that. You put it out there for what it's worth. You put it out there so that people can read it. Hopefully, you, what we're doing, we're trying to plant, we're trying to water. We're just trying to drop a seed. We're just trying to put, put a few little droplets of water. And you move on. I am here to gain and to acquire fellowship with Christ. So I'm going to count all things but loss. I'm going to count those likes as loss. So that I can win Christ. Let us see. I'm running this race to win, to gain anyone over to the kingdom of God, to gain one to faith in Christ. I'm running this race. I'm running to win that I may gain anyone over to the anyone over to the kingdom of God. To gain one in the faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Go back there. 1 Corinthians 9. Let's look at verse... Let's look at verse 1. Let's start with verse 1. Remember, that's the end. So we just read about the end, right? Him running the race to win. Let's see what he says in verse 1. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yea, doubtless I am to you. 
For the seal of my apostleship are ye in the Lord. So he's telling them, he says, look, my work, my work can be seen through you. I'm working to acquire the knowledge of Christ. He's done that. He was working, working to the choir. He said, I count all things but lost. He said, I'm doing all of that, number one, so that I can free myself. But you are the work. Are you not my work in the Lord? Remember, remember Paul wrote half of, or maybe even over half, of the New Testament. God was doing a work in him to us. The Gentiles. He was doing a work in him to us that he might get. He says, I, my goal, my goal, the prize is that I gain anyone over to the kingdom of God. That I win, that I gain, that I win one to faith in Christ. He's saying that although he has a right to certain things, am I not a pop? He, he goes on to talk about, you know, have a, we have a right to, to, to lead about a wife. We, he, he says all of that. I have a right. I have a right. I have a right to, to get your money as a teacher. I have a right to partake of your natural things as I give you spiritual things. He talks about all of that. But he says, and although he has a certain right in those things because of the work of God, because the work that God had given him to do, that he would rather not take anything. Running the race to win. He's running for the prize. He says, not only do I count all things but lost, all things that I thought I knew, all things that I was taught. He says, I count all of that lost. And then I don't want anything from you. I don't want anything from you. Why? Because I don't want you to think that you made me. I don't want you to think. I don't want you. No, no glory. I don't, I, we're, not, we're, not, we're not doing that. He says, I want to know Christ, to acquire Christ, to gain Christ, and I want to gain my brothers and my sisters. I want to win you over to Christ. So I'm not going to take anything from you. If that, that's going to make you feel better. That's all I want. Is that you know. That's why I can be so, listen, I, I can be so, although we were wrong. Although we were wrong. Although we were wrong. I can appreciate my pastor, my founding pastor. Because although he taught, he taught, he, and he taught because he taught the word, just like Paul here is doing here. He taught the word. He taught us how we're supposed to take care of our pastor. The one who ministers before, the one who lays down his life for the sheep. He taught us how to do that. But regardless if we did it or not, he stayed faithful. Why? Because he had his eye on the prize. (laughs) He had his eye on the prize. And that prize was to gain anyone over to the kingdom. To gain one to the faith in Christ. That we might have the tools, that we might have uh, uh, the, the wherewithal that we need, that we might have the instruction, that we might have the guidance that we need to finish our course. <laughs> his concern in finishing his course, his concern was that we finished ours. 
And that is the mindset that we need to have. I don't care. Pastor, we're not, I mean, like, we're not even talking about being a pastor. We're not talking about being a preacher. We're not talking about any of that. That our mindset needs to be that we need to gain over to the kingdom anyone that we can. To gain one to the faith. And that, that means that we must live our lives in such a manner, in such a way. Listen, you can't take from people. See, mindset. Mindset. We always want something free. We always want to take advantage of people. And I'm just throwing that out there. You have a believer that's a, you have a, a believer, a friend, a, 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 someone that, that and you a believer, and, and or not. They, they may not be a believer, you're a believer, or they may or may not be. They have a job. They have services. They have goods. They have services that they render because it's their job. That's what they do. That's how they get paid. You want the hookup because we're believers. You want the hookup. Because we go to the same church. You want the hookup. No. The mindset. I want to gain my brother and my sister. I'm not going to take advantage of them. I'm trying to gain them. You don't want to be that one. Oh, that one. That 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 one. She always wants something. She always looking for something free. She can never give. She's always always got a hand out for something. Always got a hand. Look, nobody wants to talk to you. They don't want to hear nothing you got to say because you always got your hand out. You may not even be. You may be trying to give them a word. You might be trying to give them a word, but they don't want to hear it because they, they, they don't want to hear it because I don't want to talk to you. I don't, I, I don't want to hold that conversation. I don't want to hold a conversation longer than, hello, goodbye, love you, God bless, praise God. I don't want to hold a conversation because it's always, you always got your hand out for something. You can't win your brother and sister over. You can't say what needs to be said. When it's time to say it, because they don't want to hear it. I just threw that out there. For whatever it's worth, we're talking about running the race to win. We're talking about running the race to win. Having the mindset of a champion. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.